name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. <clears throat> Today we remember the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, feel very familiar with prodigalness. <laughs> so maybe some of us do too. Kind of distancing ourselves from God, kind of turning away a bit, wandering with our thoughts, our words, our deeds, away from God. So let's look at these, uh, these Sundays that precede Lent are very important to us. The first Sunday of Zacchaeus, or the Canaanite woman, is about desire. We check our desire. What, are, what is our heart's desire? We'll see that a little bit in the prodigal as well. The publican and the Pharisee is about humility. A humble heart God will not despise. Am I humble before God and men? And today, the prodigal son, the theme is repentance. So let's take a look through the text and see some points of interest that may be helpful to us. prodigal son says to his father, give me a share of property that falls to me. This is a real uh, a point that, that, uh, that helps us see that we are given by God's grace a free will. We can ask God to give us our inheritance. Give it to me. Give me what I've earned. Give me my house. Give me what I've earned. I'm going to go my way. We have the freedom to do that. We have the freedom to choose that way. We also have the freedom to choose God. We have the freedom to go back toward God, to not let our mind wander in this direction. So in this too, when, when we are looking at our, our inheritance, do we just say to God, give it to me now? Give it to me, give me what I have earned? Don't let me persevere from here on out. So this checks our desire. Do I really desire to walk my whole life with God? Not just a portion of it, but my whole life with God. Is that my desire? I think it's kind of important that we kind of come to that decision. Because if we don't come to that decision, we will stumble and fall away from God points. You know, we should all have this attitude that I'm going to make it to the end with God no matter what it takes. I'm not going to try my best. I'm not going to do what I think I can do, what I hope I can do. No, I'm going to do whatever it takes to walk my life with God, not to accept that inheritance early but to await it. And then he goes off to a far country, exiled from God, falls to money, to, to his passions, and just destroys his inheritance, drifts away from God. You know, I was thinking of this. In fact, it happened to me this week. So... Maybe it happened to you. You know, the far country isn't that far away. 
It's a thought away. And it's accepting that thought. And it's following that thought for five, ten minutes, a day, a day and a half. And I've just drifted away from God into the far country. Maybe it's the thought of somebody has offended me. And I get a little bit angry at them. And then I begin to, to talk about, well, the next time I see them, this is what I'm going to say to them. And then I see them, and guess what I do? I say that very thing. And I find myself in the far country. It didn't take long to get there. We have to be very careful. The far country isn't like, okay, I'm just going to leave the church. I'm out of here. I'm going to sell my house. I'll go away. It's going to take months. No, it takes minutes. Minutes. We have to then, beloved, be so vigilant. The Lord said to the disciples, watch and pray. Watch. Be vigilant. Don't let that mind accept that thought. Don't chase that thought. Don't let that thought be followed by a word. Don't let that word be followed by a deed. It's so critical that we just stay consistently vigilant with God. Pay attention. You know, the soul never stays still. I want that to sink in. Your soul is always moving. It moves toward God or away from God. And you know that. You can feel it move away. There's some kind of desire that's taking you away. You feel the soul just drifting. So we need to be vigilant, to stay consistent with that. And a quick repentance, just turn away from that thought, from that word or that deed. Quickly, be vigilant. And then it says, a great famine came over the land. We are so, it's so important for us to be consistent because if we drift from God and stay away from God, it gets easier to do that. Oh, I'll just miss Sunday. Well, no, I'll, I'll miss, I missed last Sunday, so it's okay, I'll miss next Sunday. Then I just get used to not coming to church. Oh, I'll pray tomorrow morning. I'm a little tired this morning. Then I get up, well, I'll pray actually the next morning. Well, I'll, maybe next week I'll start this. Kind of like a diet. You know, well, I'll start next week. We all start our diets next week. Okay, so it's very important for us to be consistent. If, you know, it's very interesting. The, if we stay from God and we're not, we don't get uh, familiar with eating the divine food, the, the spiritual food, we, don't, we stop wanting it. We actually stop wanting it. We begin to enjoy the fruit of this world. and We stop looking forward, thirsting for the food from God. So be consistent. Be consistent in your prayers, consistent in your, 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 uh, your, your, your church commitments. Be consistent. Every day, little bit, even if it's a little prayer, even if it's a little effort, but be consistent in that. And then he goes to feed with the swine. He has squandered himself so much, he gets a job with a foreigner and begins to tend his field and feed the swine. He goes to the pig pen. His mind is dispersed. He loses prudent thinking. He loses his virtue, he loses love, 
He begins to rage against God and against neighbor. He becomes a citizen of the pig pen. And you know something? The world we live in is the pig pen. Make no doubt about it. The world we live in is the pig pen. The problem is we think it's normal. We think the stuff we see on the internet and the TV is normal. It's okay. The stuff we read, all these other things we kind of gaze at. This is normal. No, it's not. It's the pig pen. Why do, why do so many people have so much trouble living in this life? Because it's a pig pen. It's a pig pen. It's full of filth. There's a lot of good things in the world, but we have to be very, very careful how we engage it. We cannot think the pig pen is normal. I remember Father Hop goes here one day. He says, you know, the world thinks the pig pen is so normal it writes books. It writes books. Ten ways to cope with life in the pig pen. <laughs> we actually write books how to do it. How to live in the pig pen. How to live successfully in the pig pen. Don't think this is normal. We are members of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God, beloved. Where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit reign, and where the saints are, where the angels comfort us. This is our kingdom. This is our normal. This is normal. This is normal. This is normal. That is not normal. Get that in your head. That's the pig pen. This is the barn with the food. Okay? Remember that. And I tell you one thing. That pig pen will never satisfy you. You will never be satisfied out there. It, you, it can't do it. In fact, the more you get, guess what's going to happen? The more you get, the more you want. Out there. Here you can be quiet and at peace. You can, you can, be, you can be filled with joy with a small piece of bread and a little spoon of wine. You can be satisfied with eternal life and the forgiveness of sins with a little bread and a spoon of wine. Out there you've got to build houses and build, build uh, estates. Here, bread and wine. So he comes to himself. This is a beautiful sign of repentance. The, the prodigal son comes to himself. He humbles himself and says, I have sinned against my father and I will arise and go to my father. And he arose and came to his father. This is a beautiful picture of how we should repent. First, we come to our senses. We have sinned. We are sinning. And we come to, this is crazy. I've got to do something about this. Have you ever said that to yourself? I've got to do something about this. And then, he plans what to do. And even plans what to say. I will go to my father's house and I will apologize to him. So have you done that? Made a plan? But the 
key here is that he acted on that plan. He became, he got up, he arose and went to his father. This is so important for us because how many times have we thought it was a great idea to repent and to solve this problem I have? And then we just let it go. Or maybe we've even said, I, I, he needs to solve this problem and I plan to do something about it next week. And then it just drifts away. All three things come together in a very important way. Then we act on that plan. And then the beauty of this picture is so precious. And the father saw him coming back. And when he was far off, not as he was approaching the house, but when, like, there he is. There's my son coming home out in the field out there. He leapt out of the house and went to greet him. And this is incredible because in in Jewish tradition, a father never knelt below his son, never did that. It was a son that knelt to his father. And he went out there and knelt before his son and kissed him on the neck. This is Christ's sacrifice for us, beloved. This is what God does for us in our repentance. He runs to meet us. So as we are making that action toward him, he comes to us too. So our repentance isn't just that one movement. It's a movement of God toward us as we make that movement of, of, toward God himself. And what do we get in this repentance? Prodigal son got a robe, got a ring, and got sandals. So in our repentance, when we come back to God, we are given the robe of righteousness. We put on the robe of righteousness in our repentance. We are, again, received as a member of the family of God, that robe, that family robe. He puts a ring on our hand. We are identified with Him. We make that commitment to God. And we are given back virtues. In our repentance, He gives us the sandal of protection to walk according to the gospel. So when you come, and this is so important, when you come to confession, You know, it's just not an enumeration of sins and to get rid of them. What you get is a robe of righteousness. You get a ring that establishes you as a member of the family of God. And you get sandals put on your feet so that you make a better effort not to sin again. This is what you receive at the sacrament of confession. How many of us need to confess more? (laughs) who wants a robe who wants a ring who wants sandals come come and then the fatted calf is killed holy communion the medicine of immortality Christ gives his life for us we who are dead we who are dead live we who are lost are found in God We receive then the joys of heaven. So our repentance, the repentance of the prodigal son, the great gifts he was given, 
so for us today, beloved, may we take hold of repentance. Abandon the devil. Don't see that as normal. See this as normal. Flee evil thoughts. Flee evil desires. Kind of put them off limits. I don't, I don't accept thinking that way anymore. Don't accept it. Draw a line. I'm not accepting that anymore. Keep away from your passions, from your habitual sins. Make that commitment. I'm going to flee that habit. Flee it. Plan how to attack that. Withdraw from the evil pastures of the pig pen. And run, beloved, as we all should, to the Father who comes to meet us, granting us forgiveness, immortality, and a foretaste of heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.